the traffic in women part one from anarchism and other essays by emma goldman this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine the traffic in women part one our reformers have suddenly made a great discovery the white slave traffic the papers are full of these unheard-of conditions and lawmakers are already planning a new set of laws to check the horror it is significant that whenever the public mind is to be diverted from a great social wrong a crusade is inaugurated against indecency gambling saloons etc and what is the result of such crusades gambling is increasing saloons are doing a lively business through back entrances prostitution is at its height and the system of pimps and cadets is but aggravated how is it that an institution known almost to every child should have been discovered so suddenly how is it that this evil known to all sociologists should now be made such an important issue to assume that the recent investigation of the white slave traffic and by the way a very superficial investigation has discovered anything new is to say the least very foolish prostitution has been and is a widespread evil yet mankind goes on its business perfectly indifferent to the sufferings and distress of the victims of prostitution as indifferent indeed as mankind has remained to our industrial system or to economic prostitution only when human sorrows are turned into a toy with glaring colours will baby people become interested for a while at least the people are a very fickle baby that must have new toys every day the righteous cry against the white slave traffic is such a toy it serves to amuse the people for a little while and it will help to create a few more fat political jobs parasites who stalk about the world as inspectors investigators detectives and so forth what is really the cause of the trade in women not merely white women but yellow and black women as well exploitation of course the merciless moloch of capitalism that fattens on underpaid labour thus driving thousands of women and girls into prostitution with mrs warren these girls feel why waste your life working for a few shillings a week in a scullery eighteen hours a day naturally our reformers say nothing about this cause they know it well enough but it doesn't pay to say anything about it it is much more profitable to play the pharisee to pretend an outraged morality than to go to the bottom of things however there is one commendable exception among the young writers reginald wright kaufman whose work the house of bondage is the first earnest attempt to treat the social evil not from a sentimental philistine viewpoint a journalist of wide experience mr kaufman proves that our industrial system leaves most women no alternative except prostitution the women portrayed in the house of bondage belong to the working class had the author portrayed the life of women in other spheres he would have been confronted with the same state of affairs nowhere is woman treated according to the merit of her work but rather as a sex it is therefore almost inevitable that she should pay for her right to exist to keep a position in whatever line with sex favours thus it is merely a question of degree whether she sells herself to one man in or out of marriage or to many men whether our reformers admit it or not the economic and social inferiority of woman is responsible for prostitution 
just at present our good people are shocked by the disclosures that in new york city alone one out of every ten women works in a factory that the average wage received by women is six dollars per week for forty-eight to sixty hours of work and that the majority of female wage workers face many months of idleness which leaves the average wage about two hundred eighty dollars a year in view of these economic horrors is it to be wondered at that prostitution and the white slave trade have become such dominant factors lest the preceding figures be considered an exaggeration it is well to examine what some authorities on prostitution have to say a prolific cause of female depravity can be found in the several tables showing the description of the employment pursued and the wages received by the women previous to their fall and it will be a question for the political economist to decide how far mere business consideration should be an apology on the part of employers for a reduction in their rates of remuneration and whether the savings of a small percentage on wages is not more than counterbalanced by the enormous amount of taxation enforced on the public at large to defray the expenses incurred on account of a system of vice which is the direct result in many cases of insufficient compensation of honest labour our present-day reformers would do well to look into dr sanger's book there they will find that out of two thousand cases under his observation but few came from the middle classes from well-ordered conditions or pleasant homes by far the largest majority were working girls and working women some driven into prostitution through sheer want others because of a cruel wretched life at home others again because of thwarted and crippled physical natures of which i shall speak later on also it will do the maintainers of purity and morality good to learn that out of two thousand cases four hundred ninety were married women women who lived with their husbands evidently there was not much of a guarantee for their safety and purity in the sanctity of marriage dr alfred blaschko in prostitution in the nineteenth century is even more emphatic in characterizing economic conditions as one of the most vital factors of prostitution although prostitution has existed in all ages it was left to the nineteenth century to develop it into a gigantic social institution the development of industry with vast masses of people in the competitive market the growth and congestion of large cities the insecurity and uncertainty of employment has given prostitution an impetus never dreamed of at any period in human history and again havelock ellis while not so absolute in dealing with the economic cause is nevertheless compelled to admit that it is indirectly and directly the main cause thus he finds that a large percentage of prostitutes is recruited from the servant class although the latter have less care and greater security on the other hand mr ellis does not deny that the daily routine the drudgery the monotony of the servant girl's lot and especially the fact that she may never partake of the companionship and joy of a home is no mean factor in forcing her to seek recreation and forgetfulness in the gaiety and glimmer of prostitution in other words the servant girl being treated as a drudge never having the right to herself and worn out by the caprices of her mistress can find an outlet like the factory or shop girl only in prostitution the most amusing side of the question now before the public is the indignation of our good respectable people especially the various christian gentlemen 
who are always to be found in the front ranks of every crusade is it that they are absolutely ignorant of the history of religion and especially of the christian religion or is it that they hope to blind the present generation to the part played in the past by the church in relation to prostitution whatever their reason they should be the last to cry out against the unfortunate victims of to-day since it is known to every intelligent student that prostitution is of religious origin maintained and fostered for many centuries not as a shame but as a virtue hailed as such by the gods themselves it would seem that the origin of prostitution is to be found primarily in a religious custom religion the great conserver of social tradition preserving in a transformed shape a primitive freedom that was passing out of the general social life the typical example is that recorded by herodotus in the fifth century before christ at the temple of mylita the babylonian venus where every woman once in her life had to come and give herself to the first stranger who threw a coin in her lap to worship the goddess very similar customs existed in other parts of western asia in north africa in cyprus in other islands of the eastern mediterranean and also in greece where the temple of aphrodite on the fort at corinth possessed over a thousand hierodules dedicated to the service of the goddess the theory that religious prostitution developed as a general rule out of the belief that the generative activity of human beings possessed a mysterious and sacred influence in promoting the fertility of nature is maintained by all authoritative writers on the subject gradually however and when prostitution became an organized institution under priestly influence religious prostitution developed utilitarian sides thus helping to increase public revenue the rise of christianity to political power produced little change in policy the leading fathers of the church tolerated prostitution brothels under municipal protection are found in the thirteenth century they constituted a sort of public service the directors of them being considered almost as public servants to this must be added the following from dr sanger's work pope clement the second issued a bull that prostitutes would be tolerated if they paid a certain amount of their earnings to the church pope sixtus the fourth was more practical from one single brothel which he himself had built he received an income of twenty thousand ducats in modern times the church is a little more careful in that direction at least she does not openly demand tribute from prostitutes she finds it much more profitable to go in for real estate like trinity church for instance to rent out death-traps at an exorbitant price to those who live off and buy prostitution much as i should like to my space will not admit speaking of prostitution in egypt greece rome and during the middle ages the conditions in the latter period are particularly interesting inasmuch as prostitution was organized into guilds presided over by a brothel queen these guilds employed strikes as a medium of improving their condition and keeping a standard price certainly that is more practical a method than the one used by the modern wage slave in society it would be one-sided and extremely superficial to maintain that the economic factor is the only cause of prostitution there are others no less important and vital that too our reformers know but dare discuss even less than the institution that saps the very life out of both men and women i refer to the sex question the very mention of which causes most people moral spasms it is a conceded fact that woman is being reared as a sex commodity 
and yet she is kept in absolute ignorance of the meaning and importance of sex everything dealing with the subject is suppressed and persons who attempt to bring light into this terrible darkness are persecuted and thrown into prison yet it is nevertheless true that so long as a girl is not to know how to take care of herself not to know the function of the most important part of her life we need not be surprised if she becomes an easy prey to prostitution or to any other form of a relationship which degrades her to the position of an object for mere sex gratification it is due to this ignorance that the entire life and nature of the girl is thwarted and crippled we have long ago taken it as a self-evident fact that the boy may follow the call of the wild that is to say that the boy may as soon as his sex nature asserts itself satisfy that nature but our moralists are scandalized at the very thought that the nature of a girl should assert itself to the moralist prostitution does not consist so much in the fact that the woman sells her body but rather that she sells it out of wedlock that this is no mere statement is proved by the fact that marriage for monetary considerations is perfectly legitimate sanctified by law and public opinion while any other union is condemned and repudiated yet a prostitute if properly defined means nothing else than any person for whom sexual relationships are subordinated to gain those women are prostitutes who sell their bodies for the exercise of the sexual act and make of this a profession in fact sanger goes further he maintains that the act of prostitution is intrinsically equal to that of a man or woman who contracts a marriage for economic reasons of course marriage is the goal of every girl but as thousands of girls cannot marry our stupid social customs condemn them either to a life of celibacy or prostitution human nature asserts itself regardless of all laws nor is there any plausible reason why nature should adapt itself to a perverted conception of morality society considers the sex experiences of a man as attributes of his general development while similar experiences in the life of a woman are looked upon as a terrible calamity a loss of honour and of all that is good and noble in a human being this double standard of morality has played no little part in the creation and perpetuation of prostitution it involves the keeping of the young in absolute ignorance on sex matters which alleged innocence together with an overwrought and stifled sex nature helps to bring about a state of affairs that our puritans are so anxious to avoid or prevent end of the traffic in women part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine